And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanude of Papanude.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forest Hill, California, and special co-host, Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on what to do while waiting for spell results. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rework as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Madam Nadia. Miss Kat? Hi. Thank you, Papa (laughs) for that lovely introduction. Um, this is, as far as I know, and I may be wrong, this is the first time on a show that the ladies have and will outnumber the gentlemen. I almost called it the all-lady show, but uh, I didn't want to um, disrespect your gentlemanly status, Papa Newt. And I didn't want to disrespect Nagashiva's gentlemanly status as our board technician. So it's the ladies' rule show, but not the all-ladies show. So, uh, <laughs> well, I just want to say uh, hello to my wonderful co-hostess with the mostess, <laughs> Madam Nadia. Hello. And, um, isn't this great? Um, I'm just so happy to have you as my co-hostess. Conjurman Ollie, our regular co-host, will be back. He just had something else to do this weekend, and he took off. So that left the ladies to pick up the pieces. And we're going to bring in our guest, who's also a lady. But just give us a minute here. I am, first of all, going to tell you what's happening at our shop, the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, because after all, they sponsor the show. So at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company right now, we are working on trains. I know, y'all going trains, but what about occultism? What about mysticism? What about spirituality? What about the new thought movement? What about candle services? Yeah, we do that too, all day, all the time. But today, we just had a wonderful uh, train day. Yesterday, we were running trains at the Sonoma County Children's Museum in Santa Rosa, and uh, and I want to give a special shout-out to Jenna for keeping our train layout running while Nagashiva and I and the members of the Redwood Empire Garden Railway Society were running trains at the Children's Museum, and it was a blast. It was wonderful, a lot of fun with all my railroad buddies. And then we came back here. Jenna had set the trains up and was running them here. And then Christine McNary showed up, and she is our train technician um, when it comes to sound. She does sound. Um, you know, trains go, you know, you make little chuffy noises. I think I can. I think I can. Um, she's the lady who puts the I think I can in the old 
trains. So she came. She lives in Nevada. She came out, and the reason I'm a little out of breath is I came running up from the layout because I was just giving her a goodbye hug. So that was a lot of fun, and um, but I did manage to bag up devil shoestrings, and Margie is lighting church candles, um, really doing it in good order. The um, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church services are back on again, and they are picking up speed like a train coming around the curve. And um, they and Margie is handling it, Jenna is handling it, and Nikki is uh, in the office entering orders. And um, the orders have picked up somehow this week. We all of a sudden got a lot of orders, you know, these things up and down. And so Nikki is entering orders and... Uh, thanking her for that because this is not her her kind of normal days all sort of she's she's got kind of um a screwy schedule because she and Nicole sort of swapped out days but now she's here today and um and she's doing very well. So, that's the news from the Lucky Mojo. No new products this week. We're just doing the same old products we've been doing for the last 24 years, okay? Um, now, we got we always have something new in the pipeline, but right now we're keeping a lid on that. I'm working on a book, and that book will be out as soon as I finish it, which I hope is soon. And um, it's a reprint of a great old classic, revised, annotated, edited, changed up, and compiled as I love to do. So it's going to be an interesting project when it's done. So that's it for the Lucky Mojo. Now, I want to say hello to my lovely co-host, Madam Nadia. What's up in your world? Well, my world is super excited because it's colliding with your world for the second <laughs> weekend in a row, which very, which is very unusual. And for me, it's a sign of like this is super auspicious and good things are lined up for me because this is just good, good stuff. So really happy to be to be on the show to be with you guys, and I am just doing you know administrative stuff for my business. I don't know if people realize, but when you run your own business, as glamorous and conjurous and wondrous it can be, and you encounter spirits and clients and whatnot, you also have to do the administrative stuff. So this is what I've been doing today. Logging in expenses, organizes this kind of stuff. So you folks out there that think that we only do the glamorous stuff, we also do the administrative stuff. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to yeah. say today, uh, today at our shop, Lucky Mojo is what we call Squeaky Sunday, and that means that all of the orders that only have one thing missing, um, rather than wait their turn. We're just doing on Sundays, we just do everything that has one thing missing from the order. Because we make everything by hand. And some things, you know, you, you, you fill the order. They've ordered 27 things, and we're missing three of them. Well, if there are three of them, well, they'll wait their turn. But when it gets down to one thing missing, they enter the squeak line. And the squeaks only have one day of the week, squeaky Sunday. And we just barrel through the squeaks as fast as we can. So that's what they're doing but that is administrative because it's kind of like um, figuring out the logistics of who gets shipped what home but and when. But on Monday, that's when, see, there's no postal pickup on Sunday. So on Monday, the postman cometh, and, um, and that's when we're going to have all those little squeaky boxes already. Big, big outflow on Monday. All right. Make sure that everything well, is on time like the train. 
That's I right. really hope everything is on time. I'm not that good at that. I tell you, I, I have I have never told everybody that being prompt is one of my virtues. I have many other virtues, and you can love me for all my virtues, but don't try to hold me up for being not prompt enough because I never claimed that as a virtue. I, I only claim to be good, thorough, uh, authentic, yes. accurate, and kindly. <laughs> but yes, on time. I understand. Mm. I do the best. Gemini, I'm either before or after. Don't expect me to be there on time. And if I'm there on time, somebody's gonna die. So let's hope that I'm <laughs> <no> time. <laughs> uh, well said. Well said. All righty. Well, let's bring in our wonderful guest. Hmm. So, Sister Girl, how are you doing? Doing fine. Sister Girl is bringing us a topic which is going to be what to do while you're waiting for your spells to manifest. But before we go there, Sister Girl, tell us a little bit about your work and what kind of work you do. Well, uh, I do candle, mostly candle magic, but I focus on readings to figure out what needs to be done. Uh, So... um, I'll do a, a, a tarot reading first, or if someone's calling me, I'll look at the cards to see what it looks like. And then I might confirm uh, with a yes or no question with some shells, but I, I mostly do tarot readings. I do not do shell readings. And uh, on a rare occasion, if someone needs um, uh, a, an African-style reading, I can arrange it for them, but I, I stick to the cards. And then uh, I really just love to light candles and do do spell work with candles uh, because I feel that that's a very, very effective way to um, get your petitions out there. And when, when you do candle work, I'm going to ask you a question because everybody in air has a few specialties and a few things they do or don't do uh, preferentially. Um, what kind of work do you specialize in? Uh, I actually, hmm, what do I specialize in? At the moment, I've been getting a lot of love work, but I don't specialize in, I don't have a specialty like that. I I think maybe I, I I couldn't say, I couldn't say. Um, You're just a, you'll you'll do any kind of work that someone brings to you. uh, I won't do cursing. Or, uh, oh, crossing. now you say, okay, that was, well, uh-huh. that's the opposite of specialties. That's the the uh, anti-specialties. Yeah, there are a lot of us who don't like to do cursing. I'll do it myself, but I'll I'll only do it in the same way that a attorney would. I bring it to God and say, look, this person's told me this is what they need, but Lord, you're the judge, not me, and it's up to you to decide whether their curse comes true. So that's the best way that I know how to do it. But I often will not curse if I don't feel it's justified or it just doesn't feel right to me. So I'm a kind of mm-hmm. on the fence about it. There are people who will never do curses, and there are people who love to do curses and take it on with a great deal of vigor. And um, so there's it, just no one way to be. I like to do love work myself. Um, I I find that the one thing I probably should never advertise my services for is court case work because mm-hmm. I always end up wanting the right party to win. And if my client is the wrong party, I have trouble with that. <laughs> so people, I'll take your court case. I'll take your court case if you're absolutely the right party, but don't expect me to be a, you know, a, a, a logger for hire, you know, just chop it down trees because you said so. I, I got to know when I go into a court case what I'm doing. 
Same with curses, but I'm easier about that for some reason. I, everyone has their thing. Well, yeah. now, here's the next the, the topic of the day. When when people do spells for themselves, and we do encourage this, we all do spells for people, and we also encourage them to do their own work. We either back up the work for them, or they back up the work for us if we're working with a client, or in the case of some of us, we make products and sell them. Here you go. Here's your stuff. Use it as you will. But whatever happens, the biggest question, especially among two groups of people, are when is it going to come true? Now, those two groups of people are people who are entirely new to magic. And for them, the question, when's it going to happen? What's going to happen? How is it going to manifest? Often is a question of, have I just been sold a bill of goods and magic's all phony and am I a fool? Because they often don't actually have the faith that they need to carry the work through, or they're just unused to it, and they, you know, people in their family are laughing at them or something, and they don't feel it right that they're doing the right thing. They ask a dozen questions, you know, but if I didn't do it by the moon, or if, what if the candle uh, flickered to the left instead of the right, or, you know, they get all bunched up because they're new. Now, the other kind of people who always are asking, when will it come true? are those who have what I would call an old case and a cold case. They're desperate now. They've been working on something. It didn't come to pass, and they didn't just that God is the judge, and God said, nope, that ain't happening. You just you know go home in peace. They want to push it through, and they're getting desperate, and they're going to add spell on top of spell, and they become very frantic, and they also feel that they've lost time and money on a thing that didn't work. And they become more and more demanding that they be shown a sign. And they become more and more demanding that the thing manifest right now, right now, right now. Now, they're not faithless. They have faith, but they are frustrated. So those are the two kind of clients that I've noticed ask this question. What am I going to do? I'm waiting for it to happen. Now, I'm going to put in one more idea here. There are two kind of answers that they will receive from other people, not me, but from other people around them. One answer is, if it doesn't happen right away, it'll never happen at all. And the other answer is just the opposite. Oh, you have to wait. Sometimes these things take 10 years to manifest. Mm-hmm. So both of the, both of those are kind of crazy answers because they don't really help the person. One says, you missed the boat. It sailed without you. And the other one says, oh, the boat hasn't even docked yet. Just wait. Just cool your heels. Just do this spell 16 more times, and maybe then it'll manifest. Or just do it once and pray for 16 years, and maybe it'll manifest. And people um, want to know the answer, but neither of those answers is quite right to me. So what I tell people is, you're going to look for signs if you want to, but then people get all hung up. Well, I've seen 170 signs. This guy's name appears everywhere I look. What's his name? Well, his name is John. Well, that happens to be one of the most common male names in America. Um, mm. So, you know, but I've seen his name, John. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is. It's everywhere. Um, so, but people look for signs. Then they say, well, I got all these signs, but the signs are still happening, but there's no movement. Well, movement is when 
well, John finally unblocks you on Facebook or whatever the problem is, you know, or or you get you get finally get an interview to go in for your uh, subsidized housing or whatever it is you're looking for, right? That's the movement. You haven't got the result yet, but you got the movement. And uh, people say, well, um, I'm just looking for signs. I'm just looking for signs. No, if you don't get if your signs don't turn to movement pretty soon, you might want to consider adding another spell or doing something else. But then. There's the people who got the little bit of movement, but they still didn't get the satisfaction. And they're going, I just don't understand what the universe is about here. I got my sign. I got my movement. Why didn't I get the completion? Well, nobody guaranteed this. It's not guaranteed. You know, I sometimes um, make it be akin to uh, some of the things that happen with uh, medical or legal events. You know, you get uh, with a legal event, you know, you get to, to... in your, your first hearing, and then you know you they, then they then the opposite side asks for a, a stay or a continuance. This drags on, you know, for a while. The spell work can be like that, but don't let it drag on for two or three years. Not if it's a love issue or something. So that's my advice. But now I'm going to turn this over to Sister Girl because she's going to talk about what to do while you're waiting. Because I just said don't wait too long. But I didn't say what to do while you're waiting. So take it away, Sister Girl. Well, you know, what I've been experiencing with, with clients is not like the, the cold case or the desperation, but more like someone's calling with an urgent pressing matter. And they really just want to know, when will I see anything? Will I see anything? Do you think you can help me with this? And... um the answer to that is complicated, in my opinion, because sometimes you can see something right away, uh, and or sometimes it may take a few weeks, and sometimes you may not see the full result for a year, I mean, in my opinion. Uh, but hopefully you'll see some shift in, in energy in, in a, within a few weeks. Um, but what I think people should do, well, just to calm themselves down, first of all, is to calm yourself down. Try to find a way to be um, to to relax your mind enough to where you can function because some people have such issues that they just can't. Uh, and then if you can do that, perhaps you can visualize. Visualize the outcome you would like. Uh, focus on your goal. Focus on what needs to happen. And and that I think is a productive use of energy. Um, which may take away some of the anxiety that people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's the, one of the things I could say. The other thing is just, I mean, really just try to, sometimes in the cards I'll see that the important thing for the person to do is to really focus on themselves, focus on what needs to be done, rest, retreat from the situation, and then while they're, uh, while they're focused on what they need to do, then they will see the resolution of their issue. But that's often difficult to do. Well, you know, in the uh-huh. chat room, um, Rosie thinks, um, mentioned something, a question people ask, does my thinking about the spell after I've done it somehow make it less powerful? I don't believe that Rosie thinks is asking that question, but saying that this is a question that has been asked by others. So, uh, Madam Nadia, what do you think about that question? When someone asks you that question, does my thinking about the spell impact its uh, efficacy? You know, I do believe that the way we think and we approach any word that we do, especially when it's in spiritual realms, uh, 
um, can and actually will affect the work. So um, I believe that the universe or God or spirit responds to us based on our vibration. This is my my personal belief. There is an author that I've been listening to an audiobook um, whose name is Joe Dispenza, and he talks a lot about vibration and um, creating the life that we want. And he says that there is a certain signature to, he calls it gratitude signature. And he calls for people to be grateful for the things they want to happen that have, haven't happened yet. Because when we vibrate with gratitude of with the signature of gratitude, we signify to the world around us that what we want has happened already. And you will see it with people with work, with clients that have a certain type of conviction, conviction or justification. When they are in the mindset that this is mine, it's going to happen. Whatever the spell work is just the vehicle to get me there, will get much better results, much faster results, much solid results. Then the folks are going to be looking out for signs, but then let's say they saw the name John on the bus, and they were like, oh, my God, I saw the name. But then the next day they, there was no bus. And then they're calling you all freaked out and like, oh, my God, there was no fucking bus. What am I going to do now? And I'm like, girl, but it's not about the bus. It's about you knowing that John is your dude and we're getting him. You need to chill. It's been only like we lit that candle three days ago. Let the universe work. Tell the universe that John is yours no matter what. Be grateful. Say that prayer that you're grateful to God, that John is already in your life, that he is with you, that he's your husband. You have two beautiful children and a house and a white ticketed fence or whatever you want it to be. And the minute you shift your mind around it, John is yours. You can have an army of Johns too if you want to. And it's that easy. But when we start sitting there and we're thinking about it and we're questioning and was, did I, was it right that it was red candle and not pink candle? Should I put two oils or three oils on it because it was Venus's hour and not Mercury's hour? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really mess because we're not we're not saying to the universe, this man is mine. This court case I want it. This my ex husband is gonna pay me child child care whatever they owe me. What we're telling to the universe is like, I am not sure that I really want it. And if we're saying to the universe we're not sure we really want it, the universe is gonna say, okay, I'm gonna sit there in the back and wait for you to tell me what you want. When you're ready, when you know what you want, I'm here for you to provide. That's sort of my opinion, and this is how I am um, try. I'm trying to approach any kind of work of um, for my clients and for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I quite you, agree. You yeah. brought up, yeah, you brought up something, Nadia, that I just have to mention here. Should I put two oils or three oils? And getting hung up on those details, I have had uh, so much experience working in the Lucky Mojo forum which, by the way, you all ought to be signed up to and have fun with. It's a forum.luckymojo.com. And there are 14,000 people there, and there's 200,000 posts there. It's been going on for a long time, since 2008. However, um, it becomes very obvious that the newbies in particular say things like, well, will my spell backfire? Or, 
um, will my spell um, blow up on me if I put two candles out instead of one? It's it's um, and, and I just wrote something about this earlier today, and I would like to kind of quote my own self. The idea of a spell blowing up or backfiring or having the reverse effect actually comes from fiction. Um, it's a way of moving a plot forward by making um, magic, which seems so powerful, less powerful. So in the story, the witch makes a mistake or the sorceress or the wizard makes a mistake and um, the thing blows up. And this is only done really for plotting purposes in fiction. It's not really part of magic as I know it. never has been. And people whose major introduction to folk magic is through popular culture fiction of either ceremonial magic or folk magic or some form of religious magic practice, they think that's real, and then they kind of talk themselves into failure. Oh, well, I I wanted to do a blockbuster, but I didn't say what, and now my boyfriend's broke up with me. Well, what were you doing the blockbuster mm-hmm. for? Well, I was just doing, I was doing the blockbuster to open my way so I could get a new job, but now my boyfriend's broke up with me. It's because I did the blockbuster wrong. No, no, no. Your boyfriend mm-hmm. broke up with you for an entirely different reason. We have to go look at that on its own, right? So there's a whole um, problem with people. While waiting for spells to manifest, they become obsessed with anything that happens being attached to the spell they did. I did a love spell, but I got fired from my job. That means the love spell must have been wrong somehow. No, no, you did a love spell. Hang with that. You got fired from your job? Well, you should have seen the signs coming, but you didn't. Now let's see if you can get your job back or get you a better job. Different issue. Don't always be conflating those issues. Yeah. Absolutely. There is also this um, notion of people, especially the newbies, attaching themselves to the tools of the trade. So it's Mm -hmm. like saying that um, because I am – talking to you guys via my cell phone that you are my cell phone. So the candles and the incense and um, the tools that we use, these are tools, but we're communicating with greater spirits, intelligences, maybe the ego and the spirit of the dead, God, the ancestors, I don't know, the demons, whatever it is. This is our, you know, these are our smoke signs. This is our tools. They're not going to come down and be upset at you that your phone is iPhone 6 and not iPhone X. They mm-hmm. hurt you. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't get stuck on the candle. Get stuck on your intention and what you put out there. I think it's interesting also. I quite agree. You have to really, um, I think that it starts with a positive mental attitude. I tell people a lot of times to stay positive because it, because if you're not able to get yourself into a thinking positive that things can work out, it's much more difficult for them to actually work out. And also, uh, sometimes the cards will say, uh, you know, this is going to be a rocky road. This is going to be up and down. This is going to be something you're going to have to suffer through a little bit. Some, this, the work may work, but it doesn't mean you won't suffer. And I think that people need to understand that something can work and you can still kind of feel the pain while it's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I, there is something here, too, about what to do while this is going on. So one of the 
things I tell people is you don't just put all your, your faith on a candle and you let that candle go. And maybe then when that candle goes out, you light another one. You light one candle a week on these maybe glass vigil lights for three weeks or seven weeks or whatever it is. Or you might light one little four-inch candle a day for 21 days or whatever it's going to be. But don't just be doing that work at the altar and expecting that to be the only thing. You want to back up your own work with some good practical contact magic, and you also want to back it up with um, something that it is about you and yourself, bathing yourself, for instance, cleaning the home, and uh, things like that that are magical works that are kind of ongoing, that are not um, necessarily directed exactly toward you know, getting to Skippy to come back and love you again, but they would be directed toward uh, making your home an inviting place or whatever it may be. Contact magic mm. is something that many people uh, forget about in their uh, desire to do candle magic. And candle magic, which I love and do a lot of, but it removes us from direct feedback. With candle magic, you can be, it's like like being online. You're just lighting a candle in your own little room. You're sending your prayer out, but you're not seeing what's really happening with that boss that called the meeting or what's really happening with that uh, boyfriend who's maybe drifting or straying or what's really happening with your mom's health. You're not really seeing it. You're just having you and a candle and a prayer. And it's strong, but it also helps to do subcontact magic. So never abandon the older folkloric forms of work, foot tracks, carrying a mojo, putting a little bit of oil on your hand and shaking someone's hand, um, disposing powders in the corners of the rooms or salts, or outdoors driving um, devil shoe strings into the ground or sprinkling some sort of a powder. Those types of magic have their own reason for being. And contact magic is important, especially if you're doing love work and you're waiting for, I'm waiting for him to contact me again. How many times, and I know I can get a witness from both of you, Sister Girl and Madam Nadia, how many times have you been told by some client or person online, well, I know I'm not supposed to contact him while I'm doing this love spell for his return. And I always say, have you not all heard that? They, mm-hmm. they know, I know I'm not supposed to contact him. Who told them that? Where did that come from? What you're supposed to be doing while you're doing that spell work is trying to reestablish contact. That's what it's about. Um, but I have so many people tell me, oh, yes, yeah, so I, 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 he, he blocked me in, on, on Facebook, but we, we still, you know, we still have each other's phone numbers. I said, well, did you phone him? Oh, no, I'm not supposed to contact him while I'm doing the spell. Uh uh-uh. uh. You should run in them at the supermarket. You should be at the club where he goes. You should you should uh, call him up, and you should during the course of your spell work ask him at least three times how he's feeling. Don't you know? Don't jam him up against the wall and say, "Oh, tell me right now, are we ever going to get back together or not?" But just say, "How's it going for you?" Mm. You know, three times minimum. Three times minimum, because without contact. Well, he's just going to keep on drifting, and you're living in a fool's paradise thinking that you've got to not contact him while you're doing that spell work. I, I haven't necessarily heard that, but I think people do feel like they need to wait and let the, the, the work take place. 
but I find that it depends sometimes on the reading. Sometimes the reading mm-hmm. will say, hang back, wait, give this person space to come around. And mm-hmm. then sometimes it will say, reach out, say hello, be friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or it just it really does depend, I think. And, and with regard to the candles, uh, I find that I sometimes get, sometimes the candles will talk to me. I mean, not not with words, you know, but mm-hmm. like uh, if it's a figural candle, the way the wax is melting she tells me something. Mm-hmm. If it melts, mm-hmm. one, say, um, one person's candle may burn right down to the quick, to the middle of the of the of the body, and that means wow, they were really cut by this by this uh, whatever happened. They were really upset, or mm-hmm. they're really passionate, uh, or maybe one thin bead of wax will come down the front, meaning tears have been shed about this. And, and mm-hmm. the person who's who's commissioned the spell may not even know that that person might be feeling sad about it. Uh, sometimes the candle may break in such a way that it's a, it means there's a breakthrough. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes a candle, mm-hmm. if, it's gonna, if it scorches, someone's been talking about you, someone's burning you. you know? mm-hmm. So I find that while you're right, you don't exactly know what's going on, you can get some good signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. that um, and there are a, a number of these which have become very obvious to people who do work with figural candles. Um, one of them is the bride and groom candle that where all the wax melts down and forms a heart. Well, that's obviously a sign that this work is working on the the, the couple. But sometimes the, the one couple members, uh, wax runs away and the other one does not. And the one who's running away is literally telling you, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm running out of this relationship. So looking for those signs in candle wax is um, very helpful if you burn freestanding or figural candles, which I recommend to burn at least one test candle of that kind, even if you like keeping vigil lights going because they're safer and uh, and they're easier to tend to. I always like to burn at least one figural candle to see where we're going with the thing and re- interpret that that burn. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I think we'll do a um, what I'll do after the burn. I'll I'll do a card cut, uh, to, and mm-hmm. and the cards that come out will give me a um, a hint as to what the result of the burn was. Yeah, I do that too. Another thing that I have done when um, burning a vigil candle, and let's say that vigil candle. Well, they used to burn for nine days, then they used to burn for seven. Now they put in so little wax, and the tubes are so narrow, they burn for five days. But whatever you're going to do. You light that candle, cut the cards, and put down one card and leave it there. You can't use that deck for anything else mm-hmm. the candle is going, right? You just leave that card there. The next day you come back, pray over it again, and cut again. And you'll end up with a five-card cut. And mm-hmm. you can read that And in addition to reading the wax. But each card will only come out once because you don't put the card back in the deck. That's an ongoing uh, situation, you see. And I love to do that. It gives me an idea, and it also stops me from keeping on cutting the cards. You see what I mean? Mm. I'm one of those people. I'm a little compulsive. You know, like, oh, my God, i got a bad card here. Oh, my God, it's the Ten of Wands. Ugh. Ugh. I don't mm. like the Ten of Wands. It means oppression. It means a long burden. It means this is going on for a long time. Oh, my God. Let me cut again. Maybe I'll get the High Priestess this time, and it'll all be okay. No, no, no. you got the Ten of Wands. Oh, no. You just leave it the Ten of Wands, and you see what happens next. Um, but on the other hand, if you get the Ten of Wands, wands are candles, 
and I take that as a sign that I might want to be burning more candles. Right. Mm. So I might have to light a few more candles. But that, that's so science, science do not only mean, you know, or when you turn on the TV and Bobby's name is mentioned, signs mean the work at your altar gives signs, too, you see. And that's important. It's very important. Always dedicate I yourself. That, I think that every time we approach any kind of working, we engage in a... Um, in a certain agreement with the spirit. And mm-hmm. if you are able to get out of your own head, which just like you said, Miss Kat, when you are looking at the situation and you're not just like, oh, my God, it's ten of wands and I really don't like ten of wands. I need to pull another card. Everything has to decide. So that can actually give us an idea about what else could be done. If you're in that agreement with spirit and you understand that spirit is communicating with you, you just got a major gift. You just need to be able to see it like that. Spirit says, mm-hmm. put some more light on the situation. Add some more fire to that. Put some more fire under this person's ass to get the, the results that you want. I also think that if we, uh, for spells that are long-term spells, for instance, Jar spells that are like a marriage jar spell where a relationship is years, could be 20 years, could be 40 years jar, right? Or it could be a, a, a court case or something for your career. Um, when we start burning candles regularly on those things, we start getting information. It's like a little language that we start understanding and having an agreement with spirits. And for me, for instance, and for my clients, a lot of times, if I put a candle in that jar and that candle burns, burns clean, it's a good time. But mm-hmm. if that candle starts having a buildup and more buildup and more buildup, there's complications. So, for instance, I have a very good client that we talk all the time, and this is a relationship thing for her. And she already knows when there are those buildups, she knows there's going to be some difficulties and some arguments coming up. She also knows when there are like ridges and little mountains, she knows somebody else is watching this relationship and is trying to mess in this relationship. But this is something that happens when you start doing this over time and you Mm -hmm. almost um, come to this in a scientific manner. You have to separate yourself from the situation. Not to be like, oh, my God, it's ten of wands, it's the end of the world. Write it down. Try to figure out what that means. Figure out what, how that the burn and the ridges and the buildup, what does it mean? What happened that week? Because you're going to have a certain forecast. It's like a meteoro- meteorologist, right? It tells mm-hmm. you, baby, you might need to take uh, an umbrella with you this week to work because it's going to be raining. The same thing in your relationship. You might want to shut that mouth a little bit more than usual this week because it's going to be rocky, right? Or you got to do some protection work on your stuff because somebody is watching. Or even this week happened to me what I read for a client and I told her, baby, you got to put some pretty clothes on Facebook and some pink stuff and make it all fluffy because your ex-husband and his people are looking at your stuff. And they're looking for things against you. So definitely don't put your witchcraft out and that's uh, that's whatever you wanted to put, that snake shed. I know it's going to do you really well. 
So put that fluffy pink stuff, uh, bake some cupcakes, put it up on your social media. It's going to serve you better. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go back to some of the ideas about um, uh, older styles of work. Um, one of the things that I was always taught was to burn freestanding candles twice a day, burning them in sections or burning small freestanding candles, one in the morning, one at night, for instance, sunrise and sunset. Some people said burn them um, four times a day, uh, but you'd have to not have a job outside the home if you were going to do that. Um, And um, these ways of working give you something to do rather than just um, set a light and, and let it go. Now, in recent years, there's been a whole bunch of people saying, set it and forget it, as if they've, if they've heard this someplace. Oh, just set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. No, no. Why would you do that? Um, if you have a, 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 let's just say, if you had a, a disease, you don't just take one antibiotic. You take antibiotic every eight hours or every 12 hours or whatever they tell you to until the disease is conquered, right? So you don't just set it and forget it. And if there's a problem in a relationship or if there's a problem getting a grant of money that you've applied to or or getting um, accreditation or whatever it is that you're looking for and you've got a problem, you want to keep working that thing. You don't want to just set it and forget it. That doesn't make any sense. You've got to go and go and go until you get the results you want. And um, I do feel that the people who say set it and forget it have confused this with don't look back. But don't look back is a different um, adjuration, and don't look back comes from take it to the crossroads, place it there, walk away, and don't look back. But that's not the same as set it and forget it, which is what they say about candles, and they're different ideas. And, um, well, what I'm going to say, it's it's uh, it's not, um, we're not dealing with instant food here, you know? Well, I think mm-hmm. that you you touch on a really amazing point there because that's one of the the laws of manifestation is you don't if you want something to manifest you have to persist you have to continue to hold the thought you have to continue mm-hmm. to hold the, the vision you don't just you don't just let it go you can that is but it'll take a lot longer time to see mm-hmm. any result if any uh, and it does take conti- con- consistent work to actually yeah. uh you know manifest anything yeah well that layer trick and don't look back is something very different and really does have to do with contact magic, foot track magic, and things like that. And to equate that with candle magic and call call it set it and forget it is a big mistake. And um, I find people who say things like, oh, yeah, I lit this candle uh, five months ago and I'm still waiting for results. I just set it and forget it. No, 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 no. Now, that's not saying a one candle can't move the spell. And that's another one you always hear these people say, oh, well, how can you hang the power of this incredible spell on one candle? Oh, don't worry. If it's going to happen with one candle, it will happen with one candle. I've seen it happen with one candle. I've seen results. I've seen people escorted out of a building um, in uh, six hours after I lit hmm. one candle. Right, and this was a freestanding candle. This was a six-inch candle. This was not no vigil light. Um, so you can see things happen very quickly if they're going to manifest. But if they don't, if if you set those uh, lights, don't forget them. 
at least be taking baths or put helper lights in. So I'm going to mention about helper lights just a second. Helper lights can be vigil candles that help freestanding candles, freestanding candles that help vigil lights, freestanding that help freestanding, or vigils that help vigils. Helper lights are lights that are designated to be added or moved. Sometimes you'll have a, a set vigil and you'll put four or three or two helper lights with it, um, depending on, and you might move them while you're burning the spell of the big light. And so they might rotate or they might come inward or they might, um, whatever, there's so many ways to do it. They might stay in place also. But helper lights are a good thing to do while you're burning a vigil candle, even if they're little birthday candles or little tea lights, because they kind of put some emphasis on the big candle that you're burning. Yeah. And I also find that if you if you do happen to be burning a black candle uh, to do like a hot foot or something like that, it's always helpful to burn a white candle with it, even if it's just a chime candle, a four-inch chime candle, uh, because um, just to make sure that no one gets hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that is a really good old-fashioned way of working. <laughs> and that has been recommended by people all the way back to Henri Gamache, that you always, no matter what you're doing, that you always have a well, a, a, crucif- a white crucifix candle or something to show the purity of your intention, or a little white candle. Um, Michael Strabo said the same thing. I was taught the same thing. You want to kind of um, show that your altar is dedicated to um, good, <laughs> and that white, that little white candle, just for purity's sake, even if you're burning a black candle, is very useful. Yeah. Carry that white tea light with you no matter where you go. You can always even put it in a suitcase. You never know what's going to happen. You can add salt and pepper in any hotel room if you need to. But a little tea light, a little white tea light can go a long way. And uh, one of the herbs that I really, really like to use for, you know, in situations when we get stuck and things maybe are not moving fast enough is ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, ginger is one of my favorite go-to things because it's a fiery, it's a fiery goodness to add to things. Like whether it's protection work, whether it's love work, whether it's fashion work, ginger works really, really well. So I, the, like ginger is one of those things. Ginger powder is one of those things that disappears in, in my uh, business um, the fastest because I really like to add it to things. And a lot of times I would do a candle and then I would put four helper tea lights, and I would pull the tea lights out of the the little you know housing, the little base, and I would put some ginger on the bottom and maybe some oil. Put that tea light right back and put four of those around my jar, my candle, sometimes my intention, it doesn't matter, but that ginger, some helper lights, and the um, five-act formation seems to be really, really powerful setup to make things, to make things move faster. Yeah. And uh, Contraband Ollie and I also like cinnamon. Cinnamon is another one that has a money aspect to it, so if the spell is for money, cinnamon will heat it up and make it go faster. But I like ginger for love spells. Yeah. And, and uh, there, are, there are people who also use coffee to speed up something. Um, it, you know, kind of wakes the spirits up. And um, uh, and it's not a bad one. I, it's, it's quite good. You don't have to... Um, 
drink all the coffee in the world. You can use coffee to bathe in, for instance, just a little coffee in the bath, and that will will perk things up. Now, um, another thing that I recommend that people do while waiting for spells to manifest is to start a second spell. If you started off with a candle, you know, I want um, I want Jimmy to uh, be my friend again, and we were dating, and then he kind of ghosted on me, and I want Jimmy to come back and pay more attention to me. Um, you know, you can certainly start a candle on Jimmy, but I would also carry a mojo. Mm. I would... I might dress some jewelry. I might dress my garments. I might dress my hair uh, so that when I was around him, he would have some bewitching or attraction of some sort. Attraction is a good one as well. I mean, literally, the formula called attraction. So, uh, you know, yeah, and I find that the work builds on itself. Like, you you do a can, if you continue to do work steadily over time, or you do work for the same thing or for different things, but still for yourself. It tends to build, and you tend to see progression. Mm-hmm. And I recommend that the second and third spell be of different um, types of work. In other words, if the first spell is a sugar spell, the second one a candle, um, and so forth, don't don't just pile them all on top of one one uh, on top of one another. Uh, yeah. So, and um, you know, a mojo for love is very powerful if you carry that on your person, because you're carrying that wherever you go. You're just attracting love wherever you go. You're not just sitting at home focusing on it only once a day or even twice a day when you light a candle. You're carrying it with you. Mm. And there's a there's an old um, an old song called Cherry Ball Blues, and it says, my, my cherry ball quit me. She quit me in a calm, good way. What it takes to get her back, I carries it with me every day. It's an old blues song. Mm. And that... That is talking about carrying a mojo, not what it takes to get her back. I light a candle every day. See? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. There's also, um, considering that we live half of our lives or more in a virtual world, so a lot of times we will say, I want Jimmy back, but the only way Jimmy interacts with me is he watches my Snapchats or he watches my uh, live videos or my daily videos on Instagram then, baby, you're going to put your your um, mojo on you. You're going to dress your hair, and you're going to take some snaps knowing that it's going to be just for Jimmy. Even mm-hmm. though Jimmy is not there and you cannot touch Jimmy and you cannot brush against Jimmy and you're not going to be able to see Jimmy, you know, because Jimmy is across the world right now, but this is who you want, then you're going to put it in that and it's going to have its little digital signature, but it's going to be there and it's going to emanate. And in addition, just the fact that you did all that work and you put that intention within yourself, it's going to be shining out and it's going to be just wonderful. So I, you know, because I have a lot of clients that come to me and like, well, what do I do if my interaction is only online? You still do the same thing. You still do the same thing. And Mm -hmm. you put that intention in and you're not, you know, even if you can't go and brush against them, you cannot hold their hand, you cannot let them smell your hair they still can look at you, but that energy is there. That mojo is on you. That vibe is present, and it's beautiful. It actually does quite amazing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, another thing that we mentioned, and we kind of mentioned it in passing, is getting a reading. <clears throat> if you do your own work, when you're waiting for a spell to manifest, I would get a check reading with a reputable reader 
who either knows you in your case or who is very neutral, has a good reputation for honesty. Um, not going to say everybody is good at doing check readings. Some people don't like to do them. But I know that most of the members of AIR will do check readings. They don't say, oh, you have to be with me or I won't do a check reading. No, 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 that's, mm-hmm. not, the, that's not the point. I get calls all the time. I'm lighting these candles. I'm doing this. I'd like a check reading. <clears throat> they can they can uh, have another reader, and I'm just checking on the situation. I mm-hmm. won't put the other reader down, and I won't, you know, unless it, the cards fall that way. It's just to see how the work is going. It's a check reading on the work, not on the other reader's competence or the other root worker's competence or on the client's competence. But I might come out with the check reading may say, no, 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 you got to put some more effort into here. You got to you got to push a little harder because the cards are going downhill. We got to go back uphill, and I might give them some suggestions, consultation. So what you really might want is a check reading on your work and a consultation on what else to do. And most readers of air can do that in a half hour reading, and it will be very beneficial to most people who are new at this or who are too close to the subject to know if they're getting the results they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some, sometimes people mm-hmm. will call me just to do a quick five-minute reading just to see if something they've done has been effective or will be effective mm-hmm. or if it's even showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, if the answer is no, it's not effective, then you might want to go to the extra time to get a consultation uh, on what else can be done. Now, again, at the Lucky Mojo Forum, we give people a lot of options, but um, and we answer these questions all the time. But I do um, want to tell people that sometimes you're your own... Um, well, you're your own tangler. You know what I mean? You say, well, I've been I've been burning these candles and I've been praying every night. I've got this skull candle going. I've got these vigils, uh, you know, and it's not happening. <clears throat> you sometimes just need to step outside your own self for a moment. So getting a reading is always good. And if it's a long, ongoing work, you need to set a time limit. Uh, you all know that. Yeah. We've, ta- <clears throat> we've talked about that. Set a time limit and then say, at the end of this time, if this thing doesn't come through, at the end of this time, I'm going to be uh, reassessing. And uh, again, you can go to a reader and say, well, uh, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, uh, how long should I work? And they can give you an answer. Or you can just ask Spirit yourself, how long should I work? But then you have to abide by that. And then you have to ask the next question, which is, okay, I worked for three months and nothing happened. Should I start the cycle over again or should I give up? And those are important questions about spell casting, but can be, and it has been. Sometimes it does, spell does take some time to manifest. And if you are comfortable at the end of three months saying no more candles, no more uh, whatever, I'm just going to carry this mojo and pray for the best, if you're comfortable with that, then let it be. If you feel that you really can are, are making some progress or can make some progress or you're committed, I was with this man for 27 years and I'm definitely going to work two years and to get him back, not three months, right? We have five children together, whatever it is, we own a house. I need to get this man back. Then commit yourself to it, but find ways to occupy your time. Don't go fall into that set it and forget it trap. 
occupy your time with things you're going to do. When you clean the dishes, clean them and pray over them. May he come back and eat over these dishes. When you uh, sweep the floors, sweep them and say, may this house be clean and fit for him to come back. You see, everything has to become part of the prayer of that big spell. It's going to go on for more than uh, three months. So back your own work up. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, I don't like to see people get obsessed. I really don't. Um, yeah. I, it, it's a <laughs> so we do have to say to people here, some people do become obsessed and i and i have to say uh i'm not going to call any names but i've known people who are obsessed and who need help and this is where the check reading can be so good but you have to listen to that reader and you have to trust that reader if that reader says to you listen i'm not seeing any any sign here in the cards or the bones or the shells i'm seeing nothing your candles, nothing. It's just not happening. Listen to that reader. And if the reader is compassionate, they might say, look, but one more month, but now at the end of one month, promise me you'll come back and we'll do another quick reading on this. Because no reader should abandon a client to um, to be recirculating the same spell over and over and I always tell this story about this one lady, and I'm not going to call her name, but uh, she had been in a marriage. <clears throat> her husband had left her for another woman um, and, and had compounded the issue by living in the same apartment complex where they had, had a, were a couple. And uh, so she had to see them every day. <clears throat> she didn't want to move. She just wanted to burn black candles so that they would come apart as a couple and that they'd all either divorce or die. She didn't care whether they all got horrible diseases, divorced, died. It was just black candle after black candle. She had black couple candles. She had black skull candles. She had just black plain candles, tea lights, black six-inch, black jumbos, you name it. It was all black candles all the time. And um, one day I said to her, you know, not today maybe, but soon you will be burning a white couple candle for your future husband. No, 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 I'm 52 years old. And we were, yeah, I'm going to kill him. Right? I'm like, mm, someday uh-huh. you will want to marry again. I even spotted her to a free reading, and the free reading told me she would, uh, she would marry again. Well, it took years, years. She took that white candle home, didn't ever burn it. She'd come back and say, I haven't lit it, I haven't lit it. One day she came back and she said, I lit the white candle and I've got a new boyfriend. So even the most <laughs> even the most persistent person can be convinced to end a spell if it doesn't work. All right. Well, that was our bumper music. We're going to take one reading today because we talk so long and so thorough on this great topic. Um, so let's turn this over to Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilence.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first uh, first caller for the night. And we have our caller calling in. It's a return caller from area code 774 in Massachusetts. This is Lauren. Lauren, are you there? 
Oh, Lauren, are you there? Hi, I, I'm oh, here. Hi. Oh, my God. And I totally right. did not. Right. <laughs> well, I did not think I was going to get. Thank you. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, now, I see that you did call us back on April or May of 2018. Um, conditions have changed, but it's looking at your uh, situation you wrote, you're kind of calling about an, uh, a little bit of an update and also getting a reading on that situation. Is that correct? Yes, please. All right. And Lauren writes, since, uh, since last calling in, I have uh, done both protective work on myself and my son in addition to some banishing and reversal work to keep the woman that's been stalking me at bay. I'm wondering now that I finally completed my work, if I've been successful, things feel good, but I still have moments of doubt. Will she finally now leave me and us alone? Turn back to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, this is exactly what we were talking about, a traditional check reading. So um, that's really good to to do. Now, you've done a protective work, Lauren, and I'd like in just a couple of words on what kind of protective work have you done? Well, so I have my altar. I pray a lot to angels, archangels especially. Mm-hmm. Um and I did, um, I made these, these beautiful little pictures of my son, and I made them into magnets. And I put a little, I gave him a nice bath of rosemary, rue, um, barberry, and um, everything. Hyssop, everything beautiful. And chamomile, I mean, every night he bathes in peppermint and chamomile and lavender. But I wow. just added this. And, yeah, he, you... he loves herbs. Yeah, so so this is a real practitioner's work, and I really like the things you called out. Those are really good, and um, uh, so you did you did some severely uh, righteous work, <laughs> okay, to keep this person at bay. So you're 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 looking to see how effective, and and you said you feel good about it. I feel good about it just hearing you describe it. But I'm going to put <laughs> but I'm going to put down three cards and see what I see. All right. Uh, card number one uh, tells me that that this is um, kind of exactly what I was thinking. You are actually quite a talented worker. You have um, a lot going on for you, and you have um, a lot of power in what you do. The card I have here is the Queen of Pentacles. <clears throat> Queen of Pentacles is a woman who is in control of her situation. She works out of a condition of love. She has roses overhead. She works for the establishment and security of her person and her family and her place. She is uh, able to see the future to a certain extent. She has a a golden coin, which also can be seen as a crystal ball. And there's a little bunny rabbit hopping by. There's some rows of harvestable crops down below to one side, and there's flowers. Very strong woman, a woman of some dignity and a woman of some competence. So that looks real good. Everything you put into place, you did right. And you used herbs, used a lot of herbs. And this card, Queen of Pentacles, is a queen of nature and a queen of botany. That's her thing. She's really good at that, and you are really good at that. May I ask what sign of the zodiac you are? Uh Uh-oh. There's my client... Oh, I'm here. Yeah, what sign of the zodiac are you? Oh, I'm a Taurus. 
Okay. Okay, the duck comes down and I get a prize. All right. <laughs> uh, Queen of Pentacles is is a Taurus. It's Taurus and Capricorn and Virgo women, and uh, Tauruses are all ruled by ladies ruled by Queen of Pentacles. So good, good. Well, that card was right on the money. Um, card number two, uh, two is this. Uh, come on, guys, you got to give me applause. I want some applause for that. I work for my money here. Jeez. You got Thank it. You. Baby. you got it. <laughs> um, card number two. Six of Wands. This is a victory. So this person with a, a, a crown of bay laurel leaves and a little wreath on their head and another pole with a with bay laurel leaves. And this person is on a horse going forward, and there are five uh, foot soldiers cheering and plotting and saying, hey, you did good. Now, the story behind this thing is when you look at these two wreaths, a person has one wreath on their head, and they've got this other wreath on the pole. Well, what's the wreath on the pole about? That was on the head of their opponent. They knocked their opponent off the horse with their stick, and their opponent lost his crown, and they got the crown. So this is not just a victory, but it's a victory by defeating an enemy. So you have defeated your enemy. It's a very, very good card. Excellent card, and it just tells me that you have a tremendous amount of um, strength here, and you have done very well, and you have... And now you used a funny word. You said, Have I, am I holding her at bay? And when I saw that, I thought, oh, oh eBay? What, what do you mean, bay? But it's bay laurels. These are the, these, the wreath is bay laurel leaves. So put bay laurels around in your work because this is a powerful, powerful story. I don't know how you did it. You knew it. I, put, I literally just put bay leaves literally all over my house. Okay. All right. Well, we're we're cooking with gas. I tell you, this is really good. And and uh, the third the third card is um, a card that is called the card of justice. And justice is a card of the restoration of balance. And it says justice has been done and will be done, but do not pursue revenge. Okay. So you have gotten what you wanted. But do not pursue this person to the ends of the earth. Do not curse the person. Do not go after them. Do not tip the scales toward revenge. And I'm, I have a feeling that you are a pretty balanced person anyway, not, I'm not an evil-minded person who says oh, they're going to pay, 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 and suffer, suffer, suffer. But actually you've done good. You have triumphed. And bay laurel is interesting because it also conveys a little bit of invisibility to you. You may now be outside that a stalker's a person's uh, uh, radar that they, you know, don't don't um, don't try to um, get them to suffer. Um, just get them out of your hair. Justice is done. All is good. Okay. So that's what I see here. Um, let me turn this over to. Hmm. Well, now since we're in a kind of an odd place, let's have let's have Sister Girl do the the next reading. Okay. Okay. All right, so I was drawing some cards while uh, Ms. Cat was reading. And I see that this situation, basically at the heart of the situation, your spiritual guides and helpers are helping you. They have helped you with this. Uh, that they have been there to, to, to assist you. Um, you have the hermit card at the center of this situation. And this situation was really hurtful, distressing to you. Um, and, and, but... What's done is done. 
And just like Kat said, what's done is done. Do not dwell on don't, don't dwell on it. You have handled it. Um, right now, I see you in protective mode, which is the two of swords, which means you've been protecting yourself spiritually and physically and emotionally, uh, but spiritually and physically. And in the future position, I've got uh, the sun card. So, yes, I say that's a card of success. You have been successful. And the sun card, you've been successful in protecting your child as well. Um, and so I see here also the nine of, of wands which is a, a job well done, a battle well fought, uh, and you've managed to cut through whatever was happening with the Ace of Swords here. And I would say here again, um, you, you show up here for me as the Queen of Cups, which is a self-sufficient, wise woman, nurturing woman, and uh, you have the Four of, of Wands here, which, which shows that you have reason to celebrate, and the Ace of Coins, which is the Yes card. So if you're asking if you have successfully vanquished this problem, the answer, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Wonderful. And what were your three cards again, Sister Girl? Well, you know, I did a full spread. I, 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 I'm not able to do just three. So I, I, I kind of I did a, a full spread, but I, but I, um, I just but sort of mentioned. the highlights for me. Hit the highlights because I want to put them in the chat room. Okay, the highlights, the root of the situation is the hermit card, which means that she, her spirit, her spiritual mm-hmm. team has been mm-hmm. assisting her. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, the, at the present, I see her, is, it's the two of swords, but it's reversed. Mm. Mm. Um, using okay. the, the, the vice versa tarot, so the woman's back, it's a woman holding two swords, but her back is to me. That's telling me that she is protected. She's in protection mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. mentally and 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 physically. Mm-hmm. And then in the card in the in the future position, I have the sun card. Uh, uh-huh. and the sun okay. which is the card of success. Uh it's right. also a uh, happy family, you know. Mm-hmm. So that tells me she's been successful in her protection mm-hmm. of herself and also her child. Mm-hmm. Um I Great. did also find the 9 of wands here which mm-hmm. is a battle well fought, you know, successful battle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ace of Swords, which means she has cut through um, mm-hmm. the, the whatever problem mm-hmm. she had. Mm-hmm. And uh, she showed up for me as the Queen of Cups because of her uh, self-sufficiency and her wisdom and her nurturing. Uh, Got it. And, and uh, the Four of Wands tells me she has reason to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And the Got Ace it. of Coins tells me is the yes card, meaning yes, she has succeeded. Got it. All right, great. I like to write these down and and uh, you know just keep them in the in the chat box so people can see them. All right. Well, let's see now um, what we can get uh, done for her from the in the way of root work. So, um, how about it, Nadia? What root work would you recommend? Okay, well, Lauren, thank you for um, for calling back into the show and for letting us reassure you that you did an amazing job and you keep your enemy at bay, and I love it. So considering the fact that you already are pretty much 90% in and you got your uh, bases covered, you said something, and then something got uh, confirmed with Miss Kat, and I'm going to follow that lead that I, keep, um, that I hear spirit talking in my head. 
I don't know what kind of spirituality you're following, what the denomination or whatnot, but I'm going to tell you one thing. You said that you're working with the angels and the archangels on your situation, and they are dear to your heart, and you have them on your um, altar. Now, on um, September 29th, Michael Mass is celebrated. So St. Michael, Archangel Michael, is celebrated on that day. And what I would like to suggest for you to do is to do a special offering to St. Michael on that day. Now, if you are cold and you want to go to the church and you want to light a candle and you want to participate in an in a, um, offering to St. Michael there, that would be wonderful. It really depends on whether you are, you know, uh, participating in the Catholic Church or not. If not, it doesn't matter. Um, um, and so what I would like you to do is that I would like you to get a candle for St. Michael. I would like you to get a red candle for St. Michael. If you can get an, um, an emblem or a picture of St. Michael on it, even better. I would like you to load that candle, and we're going to use some bay leaf because bay leaf clearly came up in your reading, and you admitted that you have bay leaf in your house. I would also use rue and hyssop, and I would load that candle, a glass candle, and I would pray over it, and I would invoke St. Michael, and you can use the traditional prayer to St. Michael to defend us in the day of battle. Or you can use a prayer from your heart. It doesn't matter. But St. Michael is a great protector, and he has a sharp sword to protect us against our enemies. And I would set that light on St. Michael's Day, on the Michael Mass, on the 29th of September. And I would ask him to keep protecting you, but also to seal your work, that you are done with this person, that you don't need to go and do any more work, that you and your son are protected. And that he's keeping you safe from going into any revenge work because that as well has been mentioned in your readings that you should not do any kind of revenge work. And sometimes we get pushed into corners and we want to do all kinds of things. And St. Michael is good with those justice, um, uh, you know, ideas and keeping us balanced. So this is something that I would do. Another thing that I would do, and it really depends on your living conditions, but if you live somewhere where you're close to the ground, I would get me some knives. I would get four new clean knives. Um, nothing, doesn't have to be anything fancy or anything like that. But I would dress them with fiery uh, uh, wool of protection oil. I would also pray to St. Michael over those knives. I put them pointing towards the candle while the candle is lit in the four corners on your altar and keep it there until the candle is done. And then when the candle is done, I would put them in the four corners around your property to seal and protect and create a boundary between you, that person, and any other person that might come in the future after you, after your family, after your son, or after something that is yours. And that's it. That's pretty much what I would do. That's a that's a wonderful way to work. I'm going to tell you a couple of different ways that I've seen these knives used. Um, one way I've seen them used is to take, uh, these are smaller knives, and to um, use packing tape and put them on the candle 
so that they're actually with their spine of the knife upright um, and uh, pointing outward. So another way is to lay oh, wow. them on the altar, as Madame Nadia described. I also know of two ways to lay them out when you put them in your, in your yard. One way is to drive them into the ground with the blade pointing outward diagonally toward the corners of the property. And the other way is to lay them on their spine, basically dig a little trench and lay them and with the point outward and lay them on their spine lying down as if they were lying in bed, but with their point outward. So there are several different ways to do this. Not just one way, but there. Are, but every one of those is a good way to work, and that's an incredible spell. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm doing. I'm going to do that. And you said the 29th, right, of September? Yep. 29th, 29th of, September of September is Michael. That's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, so, Sister Girl, do you have anything to add to this? No. Um, I don't because it really looks like she's done it, especially with maybe that's why I saw the Queen of Cups because of the bath that she's done. And really, um, the, at the, the the first card that came out in the reading was the Three of Swords, which is saying, which is oh, that's very uh, fitting with the with the knives there. But um, it's just saying that what's done is done, and it was very mm-hmm. hurtful. But but it's but don't dwell on it. Don't don't dwell on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and sometimes it's you know you can go and take your victory lap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's time to take your victory lap. You won. And um, as far as as Michael is concerned, because people often you know ask me what you know what offerings does Michael like? Uh, Michael, like any of the archangels, is not like a saint. The Catholics call Michael Saint Michael. The Jews call Michael Archangel Michael. And um, archangels are not people. Um, so offerings of the normal type don't always kind of they don't need it they they don't need a lot of help <laughs> they're already there you know so mm-hmm. uh but you can magnify their name and one thing that um uh, people do in offerings and in thanks in the name of um an archangel is to post online you know thank you archangel michael for the help that you gave me and uh, there are many places where you can do that you could post at the crystal silence league for instance, on Michael Mass, saying, um, you know, thank you. And Pop Newt in the chat room just posted, frankincense and myrrh is a nice offering. Um, and, of course, also giving money, says Madam Nadia, for a chari- to a charity in the name of that saint. Okay, so those are some other things you can do. Michael came through for you, and protection came through. You got You got a lot to be thankful for. All right. Well, now we're going to go to our um, fabulous techno-electronic scheduled announcement, and then we're going to come back with a free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. Okay, so this spell, it's a really simple spell, not too complicated, not too expensive. This is if you need something to, to happen. You need some money, you need some work to come in, you, you need a job, you need something to happen, and you, you just need it. Um, you need to get a white seven-day candle. You're going to need uh, sugar and cinnamon mixed, mixed together, about maybe three tablespoons of sugar and um, you know, a little teaspoon of cinnamon mixed together. You'll need a saucer, and you'll need the 23rd Psalm. Uh, so you're going to take your candle. Oh, and you're, you'll need a condition oil. If you need money, it's a money oil. If you need love, it's a love oil, that sort of thing. Uh, you take the white candle. You anoint it with your condition oil. You also take the sugar and cinnamon that's mixed together and place it in the saucer. You're going to place the, so- the candle on top of that sugared cinnamon, that cinnamon sugar, pardon me. And you're going to write your petition about what you want, and you're going to pray over it, the 23rd Psalm. Then you're going to put your petition under the saucer, which has the sugar and the candle on top, and then you're going to light, light it. And after you light it, I would suggest that you pray, Our Father, maybe your own prayer, whatever you want to say, and really just ask for what you want. And then just watch, watch what happens. It's, it's really just that simple. It's really just if you need something to come and you're in a bind, this is something you can do. So I'm going to um, ask a question here. So you've got the, the sugar and the cinnamon, and the condition oil is used to dress the candle, right? Yes, yes, not now, on the cinnamon or sugar. Right, not on the cinnamon sugar. That's what I want to make sure. And then the other thing is, can you use that cinnamon and sugar to make yourself a little cinnamon toast? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's possible. I don't. I haven't. Because I, so I feel you like you're... you're I leave it Take there it because you're putting your wishes on a bed of sugar. You're really asking the, the spirits to sweeten it for you. I, I wouldn't eat it. Okay. And what happens when the ants come marching one by one? Get some spray because you need to leave oh, it there. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with ants. You know, ants you are working don't. right now. I think it's going to be a cold winter uh, because the ants are working, but what can we do? Well, I I can tell you what I would do. I would take if I didn't wasn't to eat the cinnamon and sugar, I would take it outdoors in nature on the plate that it was on and let the ants eat it and carry the work all over the world. I would well, never true. kill it, it, yeah. I would never kill ants because ants are our little messenger friends and they will every ant speaks to every other ant and they all touch their little antennas and they all say, you know, sister girl has a request for this and that to happen and they carry it on to the next ant. So don't ever be killing the ants. But if you do have ants in your home, you want to as soon as uh, as soon as you just don't want to be you know, drawing them to you. But so if you do have trouble with ants, and we do sometimes, they, they, these Argentine crazy ants, you know, just take the little cinnamon sugar outdoors. You can leave it on the plate. They'll just carry it all the way and clean it off, and you'll know when it's gone. That's yeah, that's a good always... suggestion. And I, I wasn't necessarily advocating the killing of ants, but uh, the point is not to eat the sugar. Okay. All right. Um... Well, that's the reason I ask these questions is because clients ask these questions and I always play what I call client advocate 
it's a little bit nicer than being a devil's advocate, but the clients mm-hmm. always ask, you know. Uh, you know, I've even had them say things like, well, should I should I flush the honey down the toilet? No, no. You know what I mean? People, people yeah, yeah, people ask these things, and you got to always be ready to answer them, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I would uh. say the only way I might use the cinnamon and sugar if I needed my landlord, let's say, for instance, to be super nice to me and extend me on the rent, I might burn that candle. And then when my landlord comes over, I might have a little bit of, of uh, cinnamon cookies and, and cinnamon sugar cookies and say, here, would you like a cookie, sir? <laughs> and he might eat it, and it would take oh. it into, into him. But that would be a very rare occasion where I would actually feed it to the to the target or subject of my spell. Mm. Just a, um there's also always a possibility, it depends, of course, on the spell, but if you're working, let's say you need money really quickly, you might want to go and mix that uh, cinnamon and sugar with some earth from your bank or mm. dispose it in the four corners of your bank. That's another thing that you could mm-hmm. do. Or if you know that this is something that, you know, we need money today, we will always need money, so why don't I add the cinnamon and sugar to my jar that I'm going to do later for my career or for the money that's coming in? Now, I really, I am a person that really likes to layer things. I like piggyback things. So, like, I'll mm-hmm. use kosher salt because it's been preyed upon. I use uh, beeswax candles because they come from a monastery that's been done by monks and monks sprayed over it. So I have a lay, you know, I'm building up. So for me in this situation, especially if you need it really quickly, I would take the petition paper. I would mark that also with the oil. I would burn it with Mm -hmm. appropriate maybe herbs or incense or whatnot. And I would take those ashes, and I said it many times on the show, I would go to the crossroads and I would blow those ashes to the four corners and I would ask the spirit of the crossroads to bring it to the four corners of the world and to make that shit happen for me fast because those places often magnify whatever we want to happen really, really fast. Also, if you know, for instance, if you burn something in a, in a, in a glass candle and the candle burns really well and you know that this is a situation that somebody's going to come into your home Let's say you're going to have a social worker coming to your home or somebody's going to come to evaluate or trying to sell your house. Use that candle as a vase. Put some pretty mm. flowers in it. Don't just throw it away. Because, and you can touch, you know, a touch of cinnamon and sugar in that water. Don't overload it, obviously. But have it there because those things carry signatures of spirit and you already worked on it. So always think, what can I do with this thing? Or you did it you did it for love work. Oh, my God, Johnny's going to come see me at home. Let me use this candle and put some flowers in there. Let me put some roses in there. And then I'm going to carry those roses into the, um, into the crossroads and, and ask, you know, whatever spirit you're working on. For me, it would be Pompajira to bring this man to me. Right, or, or use the water that the flowers were in and even add it to your bath if the water didn't go too bad. That's yeah. really nice. Or you, can, really nice. or you can take the rose petals and make um, Mama Hen's uh, rose petal pound cake. You see, there, there huh? is so yeah, which is in the book Hoodoo Foods. See, so yeah, that's what you're talking about. Layering is really a, a, a great way to carry the, the good work on. 
Yeah, I like mm. those ideas. I like those mm-hmm. ideas a lot. And if it's for a business, you can take the cinnamon and uh, sugar, and you could even take the ashes from the prayer that you burnt, and put them in the scrub water and scrub the front door of the business uh, to get the money to come into the business real quick. Right? So yeah. Yeah. There's wow. layering layering these things. Don't don't ever um think of something as being done until you've used up the last thing that touched the last thing that touched the last thing and send it into the world. Very, very good work. Thank you so much, Sister Girl. And that is a very simple spell. And yet you can see the ramifications and the variations and the carrying it on make that spell a really a universal spell. Yeah. All right. Well let's get Papa Dude in here. He's chomping at the bit. Papa Dude is going to give us our uh, goodbye announcements and tell all about what's happening up next week. And then we're all going to come back and we're all going to say goodbye each in our own way. Thank you, Miss Cat, and thank you, Madam Nadia, for being our special guest. And thank you, Sister Girl at SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we'll have another fabulous guest joining us here on the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, so stay tuned. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Madam Nadia at madamnadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. I'm your announcer joining you from uh, I'm your announcer Papa New joining you from PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. And the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to join us next week. Once again, at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jugman playing the Jugman Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Quick work, Papa New. <laughs> All right. Magic, magic. Well, oh, the music just came up very loud, very soft. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Technical is having an issue with himself here. Um, all right, folks. I can barely hear the music now. Um, yeah. I, I hope that uh, all goes well in technical land and we end the show at the right time. We'll find out very soon. Good night. Good Good night, night, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic. Featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 81618 after 131 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply.